Okay. Hello. Welcome to POV and My Therapist, the podcast where I vent, you listen, and you do not get paid. Let me tell you something. I'm on very high alert at this moment because my computer, my laptop, not my new one that I'm very grateful for, my old little geezer of a laptop is on some shit today. Actually, honestly, the whole world is on some shit today. Like, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. Um, I, it took me, it's Thursday today. We know, you know, you know that the last two weeks I've been real good. I've been real good about my shit. I've been like publishing on Thursdays. Yeah. No episodes today. Um, because I'm posting tomorrow. The reason why too much lip gloss, the reason why I am posting on a fucking Friday once again, and I'm recording on a Thursday is because I did not know what I was going to talk about. I don't want to talk about my love life. I'm tired of talking about that because it's a disappointment. It's a disappointment, okay? There's there's only enough. There's only so much I can learn, you know? And I was like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? So I was trying to, like, decide what I was going to talk about. And also, like, I didn't really want to talk about myself because when I tell you the vibes have been horrendous, my vibes have been bad. <laughs> like... I'm self-aware enough to know that I have been emitting, like, the worst fucking vibes. And, like, I want to be mean. Like, I want to be in a shitty mood. I want to be in a shit-tastic mood because I'm irritated. I'm just annoyed. Like, and I know that it probably has a lot. You know, the moon is doing some shit. She's, like, over there. Somebody's probably in retro twerking. Like, somebody's doing something in the sky that's got me feeling all types of fucking way, but also I know that I'm about to be on my period. So I just knew that I did not want to talk about myself because also I've been crying, crying, crying so fucking much that it's like, it's a little embarrassing. Like, um, yeah, it's been a little very embarrassing. Um, yeah. So I was like, I don't want to talk about anything that can make me emotional. I don't want to talk about anything that can make me depressy, stressy. I just want to talk about something that I can talk about. So that took me a while to kind of figure out what that was. Um, And we're going to get to it and we're going to talk about it. But for now, I want to talk about the day I fucking had. So I did my makeup, got myself together, and left the house. Okay, I left the house because I wanted to buy a monitor so I could actually look at my beautiful face, hey divine, when I'm recording. And I really can't stop looking at my face because I'm so pretty. Hi, girl. So to I had to get the monitor and then I also had to get the little cord that connects to the monitor from my uh, camera. I go to Best Buy. Already, the guy, like, he's just, like, not giving. He's just already not giving. And I know that this is going to be a shitty customer service experience for me. And I'm never going to be an asshole because I refuse to be an asshole to people in customer service unless they really try me. There are some times that you call customer service and these people, they want you to have a bad day. They, They are trying to provoke you. And I get provoked. So, you know, you don't need that double energy outside sometimes you know so I'm I'm like in my best mood or something close to it and I ask him for help he clearly doesn't want to help me and he tells me he finds what I'm looking for the first one I was like that's not what I want 
And then he's like, oh, okay. And then he hands me something else. It looks like what I want. You know, when I figure out it's not what I want, when I get home. And I try to connect it to my computer, and it doesn't work. (laughs) That's when I realized this is absolutely not what I wanted. So that fucking sucks. So I'm about to have a fit of anger, a fit of rage. Uh, And then I'm like, all right, I don't really want to be stressed out right now. I don't want to be mad because, like, I know if I get mad, I'm going to be mad and I'm going to stay mad. And I'm not going to be able to be productive. So I remember that I had a cord somewhere and I go downstairs and I'm looking for this cord and I find it because I'm like, there's only a couple places this thing could be, like, honestly. So I find the cord and I connect everything and now I can see my beautiful fucking, beautiful fucking face, okay? And as I'm like stomping back up the stairs, all I'm thinking to myself is like, you cannot depend on anybody in this world. You cannot depend on anybody in this world. The only person you can depend on is yourself. Maybe that's like a dramatic train of thought to be having just because I had a shitty experience at Best Buy but I really was feeling like that because I'm like you know that guy gave me the wrong fucking thing didn't even realize it until I got fucking home he kept on insisting that the first one was right so I already knew I should have checked the second one because I don't trust you at this point I don't fucking trust you so but then I get home and you know who pulls through for me me past divine who had somehow very smartly wound that cord up with a bunch of other cords so and put them in a designated corn cord place so when i went to the designated cord place place i found the cord okay so i found the cord and now we're hooked up and we're ready to go but my motherfucking computer now wants to stop recording at three minutes i don't know why i did that the first time i hope it doesn't do it again so I'm trying to be a calm being. I want to be calm, okay? I want to pretend, at the least, that I'm enjoying my time on this earth, okay? So I just, like, am not really in the mood to be stressed out at this moment, and I just absolutely am refusing for it to happen. That's why I know that my vibes right now are horrendous. (laughs) my vibes are horrendous and I have no shame about that because when my vibes are horrendous I am self-aware enough to know to stay away from PayPal and to stay away from other beings who my horrendous vibes may affect okay when my vibes get like this like I literally I want to like hurt people's feelings I want to make people cry but genuinely the only person who ends up being hurt is me because my vibes are horrendous because I'm emotion because I'm feeling really emotional and then I end up like I don't yell at anybody I end up getting yelled at like you know it really just like doesn't work in my favor like it's not giving like the Regina George meltdown that like I wish it would um because you know I'm a person and I take responsibility for my actions so Either way. So what we're going to talk about today is I kind of, so I was listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast, um, or actually I was trying to listen to her podcast. Um, and I say try because I'm not, I'm, I have no shade, no issue with her podcast whatsoever. I think it's really weird for me because even though this is the kind of podcast style that I do where I'm like talking to somebody, I cannot listen to a podcast like that. I have to be in a very specific mood to listen to a podcast like that. Like I have to be laying out on the grass. I have to be on my blanket, puppy on my titties. Like that's the kind of mood I have to be in to listen to Emma Chamberlain's podcast or um, what's her name? 
um, Madame Joyce. She has a podcast that I really love. I think it's called like Takeout and Takeaways or something. But I have to be like in a very specific mood. What I can listen to at all times, however, is a serial killer podcast. Oh my God. Like it's actually very deranged. I have listened to so many episodes of Crime Junkie. Like they're at my number one most listened to right now. Okay. I've listened to so much Crime Junkie. And like the other day, I don't know what, oh, I had to wash my hair. And like when I have to wash my hair, like I'm setting the side the whole day. The whole day is dedicated to washing my hair. And that is also the day that I shave. It is the day that I do my full intense body scrub where I will literally you guys I use the um uh what is it I need to remember it the scrub I use soap and glory it's I think it's soap and glory that pink body scrub mm. I use that body scrub with an African mesh mitt do you know what that is the African mesh mitt, okay? My sister gets them for us at the African store. That's why I call them African. I don't actually know if they're African, but to me, they are. It's this rough little Brillo pad. Like, it's like a rough... Let me arrange myself because, like, I still want to look cute. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hold on. Hold on. Like, we got... My hair is, like, not giving today. Like, it's falling flat. Like... I'm really just, like, not enjoying, like, so much about my existence right now. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, I just want to be a hot girl, but, like, everything is working against me, and I don't really think that that's fair, because, like, I do so much for the people, and it's like, I just want to be a cute girl, and for the fact that I can't be a cute girl, like, why are you doing that to me? Anyways, so, my sister gets the African Brillo pad shit, okay? I put the Soap and Glory scrub on it. And when I tell you, I will, like, I will scrub my skin raw. Uh, Yeah. I use that combination of those two things once a week. And I use regular soap, like African soap, with the African Brillo pad every day. So, and, like, you know what kind of annoys me is, like, the fact that my skin is not, like, baby butter soft. Because, like, I'm very prone to, like, um, the little bumps. Like, they're not strawberries, but, like, they're just bumps on my skin. Like, I'm very prone to them. So... Like, everybody else in my family using the same products, they're like, wow, my skin is as soft as a baby's butt, and then, like, here I go. I still have, like, it's, like, very specific parts of me that have them, like, around, like, my tattoos, because I can't be that rough, like, around there. I just have skin issues, okay? I have psoriasis. I have this tattoo. I've had it for six years. The big one on me, I've had it for six years. This shit looks fresh. This thing looks fresh. It's absurd and it's because like my skin like I don't know I have skin issues that's the point okay that's the whole point of that so anyways that's not the point of that so I this past weekend weekend was I was listening to an episode of Crime Junkie that was really really uh graphic and I was so calm I was so calm like I was just doing my scrubs shaving Deep conditioning. I got the deep condition in my hair, my like real hair, and I'm like brushing through it real calm while I'm listening to how this man like murdered multiple women. And then I'm like, 
doing my little leg scrub. Like, it's a fucking spa day with the soundtrack of, like, the absolute worst case scenario of life. Like, yeah. So I was just like, that's what I listen to. Like, that's the podcast I listen to. I watch, like, horror movies every day. It's kind of weird. I don't know what's wrong with me at this point. And I am wondering if something's wrong with me. I actually, I think, like, I've been watching a lot of horror just because I want to feel something. Because, like, I would have times, like, when I watch a lot of kids stuff, that's when I, I try and, I'm, I'm not, I, like, I'm, I got too much going on. I got too much going on and I don't want to feel anything. So then when I'm watching horror, like, I'm trying to get my blood pressure up. I'm trying to get my, my heart racing, you know? So I don't listen to, like, anything calm. Uh, the podcast I listen to, I'm listening to Park Predators, girl. I'm listening to Crime Junkie. I'm listening to, um, what is it? I stopped listening to This American Life because, like, it was just, like, everything had an extremely political angle. And I don't have an issue with that. It's just the fact that I liked listening to This American Life because I felt like they would tell me stories about, like, people's lives. And, like, and I know that politics affects people's lives, but I also feel like a lot of the time This American Life is thinking about their white audience, whether they realize it or not. It's very much giving, like, white guilt. Like, they're telling a lot of, like, stories about, like, you know, black people suffering and immigrant suffering and, like, how certain politics affects people. But, like, who does most... Like, who are the people that are really affected by most politics? It's people of color. It's gay people. It's people who, like, are the minorities. As a minority, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to get reminded of it. And then, like, everything that they kind of talk about is kind of... To me, like, the lens is very... It's full of guilt. I don't care about you. I'm so sorry. Not the, I don't, I'm I'm not saying I don't care about the people going through it, but I don't necessarily care about like your guilt as like a privileged person. I don't give a shit. And like this American life started really feeling like very guilty. Like, oh, let's get this out there. Let's tell the world about it. They don't know. And I'm like, I already know because I'm black. So like, who is this really for? Anyway, so I stopped listening to them, and, like, I'm listening to, like, Radio Rental, which is, like, a very scary, um, it's just, like, weird stories that, like, happen to people, and so I was listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast, trying to, and she had a whole episode where she talked about partying, and honestly, props to her, her ability to talk at length (laughs) about one subject, I could never I could never my focus doesn't exist like that hers is great her ability to like stay on topic amazing I'm already off topic already okay so we're like what seven minutes in not even more than that and I'm I haven't even introduced the topic but she was talking about partying and then she had another episode where she was talking about alcohol because she just turned 21 and then another episode where she was talking about weed I really related to her weed episode and I was like oh maybe I should talk about my experiences with those things um because if you follow me on social media you see I've been you've been wearing less and going out more that's been me um I've been wearing less and going out more ow I almost snapped my neck just now I've been wearing less and going out more and I've been having a blast I I can't say like I've had like too many crazy experiences um because I haven't Because I'm just, I don't know, I'm not that kind of gal, you know? But it did get me thinking about, like, my relationship with, like, uh, alcohol and, like, drugs and, and, you know, like, things, stimulants that really, like, kind of 
bring you to a different plane, as we shall say. For me, however, I feel like my relationship with drugs and alcohol, I didn't really start thinking about that until I got on my antidepressant. Okay, so my antidepressant for some, like when my doctor first prescribed it, the the one I don't like, she told me that she was like, you have to be really careful on this because drinking one drink feels like drinking two and sometimes two and a half. So I was like, oh shit, okay, let me, I'm going to be really careful because like I personally, I didn't like being extremely drunk, you know? So, and I've never been blackout drunk and I'm not ever trying to be blackout drunk. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to be super careful. So I would drink like my one drink and then, you know, the one drink would feel like one and a half maybe. But then as my body got used to it, I, that was not what was going on. What more so started happening was that I wasn't getting drunk, like, at all. Like, it was literally impossible for me to get drunk. And it was kind of annoying because, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm, I like the feeling. I like being tipsy. I like the feeling of being tipsy in the right moment, at the right time, at this designated hour. If I've decided I want to be tipsy at this designated time and hour, I expect to feel the effects of this fucking liquor that I'm drinking. I wasn't feeling anything. And I kept wondering why that was happening. And like what I realized was I would pregame and then, you know, some time passes and then like you get to the, you get to the function. I would get so drunk at the pregame, piss it all out. And then I'm sober as hell at the function (laughs) and I can't fucking drink like, and I can't like get tipsy. Like I can't feel anything like, and I'm just like, are y'all watering down the liquor? Like What's going on? But then I realized, because, no, because then I was like, no, I need to figure it out because I actually don't like the amount of alcohol that I'm consuming. And I need to figure out how this works for me so that I can play it smart and safe and not give myself alcohol poisoning and be sober. Can you imagine giving yourself alcohol poisoning while I, listen, I wasn't trying to experience that. So um, I realized that what was going on with my body was that the first couple of drinks really hit me hard. But then, like, it's like it expends all this, like, my body's energy, making me drunk for, like, those couple minutes. And then when I'm drinking later, once I take a break and I'm drinking later, it's, it's nothing. Like, I don't feel anything. So I was like, all right, so don't pregame. Just drink once you're at the function. Problem solved. And then... And then one night when I decided to get drunk at the pregame, so I couldn't get drunk at the function, divine, um, I tried hookah. (laughs) One of my friends, one time we were talking about, um, we were talking about a guy that I used to see and she And I was telling her how I ran into him at a hookah lounge and I just pretended like I did not see him. And she goes, damn, that's all Atlanta is, is heartbreak and hookah. And I was like, bitch, that's a line, which is why I'm repeating it now. But so I would like pass up on hookah every time that it came around my way. Um, because in my head, like it was very close to weed cause I didn't know it was in it. I was like, there's no way like a tobacco. It's like making like, why do you guys love this shit? To me, this is like just a fat cigarette, you know? 
So I was like, why does everybody love this shit? Like, is it just like a big, like, are y'all secret cigarette smokers? Like, what's going on? So I didn't really pay in any mind because I've always kind of stayed away from inhalation of any kind. So, and that's because I am not a weed person. I am not a weed smoker. Mary Jane, get away from me. Okay. When I was in high school, a lot of my friends smoked weed. Like, they loved weed. Like, they love that shit. Anyway, so, I lost my weed virginity when I was, like, 18 years old. And I had stayed away from smoking all throughout high school. Because my mother, and she was good at anything, it was putting the fucking fear of Jesus Christ himself into you. So, this lady basically, literally anything that, like, was illicit was illegal she literally was like she told me one time that she had a private investigator following me around and watching everything I do do you know how much and she did that because I spent a lot of time alone I spent a lot of time home alone I could have been fucking okay like I thought I thought about that so much like I really could have been like a raging whore but I wasn't because she scared the shit out of me and I was convinced that every Every single move of mine was being recorded by somebody that I didn't even see. So the same thing went with, like, alcohol and weed. She was like, don't drink, don't smoke. But I was never really, like, interested in drinking anyways because I'm Haitian. Like, literally, as a Haitian child, they put, like, sweet liquor on, like, your, um, the thing you suck on. Like, your little pacifier. They put liquor on your pacifier, like... So I remember, like, having... There's, like, a drink called Clemas. It's very sweet and, like, is very alcoholic. Um, I've been drinking that thing since I was a child. So, like, to me, like, I've never really been, like, a big liquor person um, until I realized that there were other liquors besides Haitian liquors. Okay? So, um, so I waited until I was, like, 18 to lose my smoking virginity. Now, this happened on a weeknight. I think it happened on a weeknight, which was very brave of me, if I might add. But the I was friends with these kids in my art class, and they were like potheads. Like, they were dead-ass potheads. <laughs> and, um, and one weeknight, very impressive. I keep saying weeknight because I'm like, I cannot, I don't know. Anyways, I also keep staring at myself, which is like really not good and kind of annoying. But anyway, so one weeknight, we all went to this girl's house, or was it a boy? I don't know. We all went to their house, and and they lived not too far from me, and I was like, I'm going to lose my smoking virginity tonight. Like, this is it. This is a big night for me, and, um, and like, they, they, I, it wasn't a joint. We ripped bo- the bong. We ripped the bong, okay? So, they, like, did all their stuff, putting all the weed in the bong. I still don't know how you do this. And, uh, and I ripped the bong and I got like so high. And I remember like the thing that like really, which is still a problem for me to this day. I felt like I needed to pee. I don't understand this thing with me and pee. Like I was terrified that I was going to pee myself. And like, and this is the thing also that I wanted to be like a, a big bitch. Like, like, oh, like, yeah, I'm not afraid. I can do this. So you know how many bong rips I took? I took a lot. I was high out of my mind. When I tell you I was intoxicated, 
I was intoxicated to the point where I started getting paranoid. I started getting very paranoid. And I, I remember somebody, (laughs) somebody said to me, you blew my high. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I just am scared that my mom's going to show up any minute. So they ended up dropping me off home and I was like, how do I come down? Like, I remember that was something I specifically asked. I asked this girl, I still remember her name. I asked her, I said, how do I like become unhigh? Cause I actually really hate this. And she was like, take a shower and go to sleep and like, and you'll wake up fine. So I went home and I took a shower and I remember thinking in the shower, I was like, what if I'm still at their house And I am actually just naked in the room peeing myself. (laughs) Those are like, I was having an existential crisis. I was having a full crisis. And I remember like there was a Wiz Khalifa poster on the wall. And that Wiz Khalifa poster was talking to me. And like, and I just remember being like, this is like not what you guys said this shit would be like. So the next day, like we were talking about it and they were like, yeah, you kind of have to get used to it. You have to smoke a little more often, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why would I want to do this again? This was such a miserable experience for me. I hate this very much. Like I have no plans of ever trying this shit again. So I never tried it again until I went to college. And there was one night when I went to a party and... I don't think it was a bong rip. I, this boy, like he, he was like part of our friend group, but like not really. Like he was a friend of a friend that, yes. And he offered me some pot and I smoked it and I hated it once again, hated it. And I was crossfaded because I was also drinking I hated it. I always hated it because, like, it made me feel extremely paranoid. It made me feel like I had to fucking pee the whole time. I just did not like it. Like, for like being high for me is just not an enjoyable thing. And, like, every time I try to smoke, like, I experience a lot of paranoia. And, like, at this point, I was in college. So why the fuck did I think my mom was just about to pop up once again? she wasn't but like that it just made me paranoid and like and it always like got like my heart racing like my blood pumping and like I didn't like it and like I was looking for something to make me calm so uh, the fact that I'm feeling the opposite of calm no this is not for me keep it to yourself so after that experience I kind of decided like yeah I don't think weed is for me at all um it actually makes me feel really shitty and I don't think it's ever gonna get any better and like and I remember like there were a couple more times in between that I had tried like different strains like you know they're like oh yeah no the one I have like it makes me feel really calm everybody else is calm I'm paranoid I'm real paranoid and I don't like this. So I, I just didn't mix with me. And like, and listening to Emma's podcast, she talked about how like her parents like were very open about how like weed made them feel paranoid. And like, they're like, yeah, go ahead and try it. Go ahead and try it. But also know that if you get yourself into a situation, you can call us and like, we'll be there to save you. Was my mother like that? No, she is no, absolutely not. Literally, I felt, I don't know, I just thought I was just gonna go to jail. Like, that was, like, <laughs> I, like, I, that was, like, her constant, like, thing was, like, you're just gonna end up in jail. And, like, I mean, she's not wrong. Like, we know, like, people go to jail for, like, the most dumb shit. But I didn't really have, like, a safe environment to kind of, like, experiment in, I guess I could say. And so, I, I'm lucky that, like, I'm kind of, like, strong-minded in that way so that, when I decided I didn't want to be, um, 
like when I, I didn't feel like I needed to keep trying it to realize I didn't like it. And I was like, all right, I just, I just don't think this is for me. Like I didn't have the prelude, like educational prelude, um, that Emma had. If you haven't listened to her episode, like it's actually pretty good, but, um, and I kind of wish I did because I feel like I wouldn't have tried it so many times trying to get the hang of it. But yeah, so what I have discovered though is that hookah makes me feel how I wish weed made me feel. That shit makes me feel so calm and like just like absolute chill. Like I'm just calm. I'm just very chill. It's just very nice. And also I noticed that like it makes me drink less because I guess like it makes, it heightens the effects of alcohol. So I was like, all right, this is a nice mixture of like whatever's going on. Hmm. Moving on, however, to more experimental things. I've never tried cocaine because this is my thing. Everybody that has tried coke that has told me about it has only positive things to say. I don't want to get involved in that. Like, they're like telling me how like it makes them feel super confident. How it makes them feel like they're on top of the world, like they're the sexiest thing, like they have so much fun, like they have so much energy, like how it's like the best thing they've ever tried. Divine. As a depressed person? No, she don't need to try that. She really doesn't. And also, I don't know if y'all know this, but um, so the friends that have told me about this, they are palm colored folks. Um Black people, however, I <laughs> black people. When I saw a tweet the other day that said, um, that said, I'm never gonna tell you not to do coke, but you best believe I'm gonna run out and tell everybody what else how you do if you do coke in front of me. And I was like, Yeah, that's niggas. Yeah, that's black people. Um, black people do not fuck with coke. And like I don't fuck with it at all. Um, I actually like think it's kind of crazy. I have no interest in it. Also because I feel like personally besides the cultural thing of crack in these streets child um like and you know knowing that reagan put crack in the streets and like for black people it was crack for white people it was cocaine like you know it was like very bad um besides that i just fear I fear that anything that can give me a great amount of confidence and that can make me feel like the sexiest bitch on the planet is something that I need to stay away from. I will be addicted to it because I will want to feel like the baddest bitch all the time. And I know how I feel when I'm just having a good day and I'm amped up. You know how Beyonce says, she's like, I don't need no drugs for this freak shit. Girl, I don't need no drugs for this freak shit. So imagine if I am on drugs and I'm still feeling the freak shit and I'm on extra freak shit. No, we are not surviving that era. Okay. And also who has the funds to to support a habit of this kind. And also, we ain't got rehab money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, I know my limits, and I can tell you straight up, I will never try it. I'm always shocked, shocked to find out when one of my friends, like, has tried the white powder. And I'm like, girl, how is it? I would rather hear their stories all day and night than ever try that shit for myself because I just know my personality and I already know I have an addictive personality. If niggas can make me feel some type of way, you think, uh, no, we're staying away from that. So, um, and also as I'm thinking about this the whole time, I'm seeing that, um, there's a lady on Twitter where she posted a video talking about how, um, everybody keeps asking her how she looks so good, how she looks so cute and how her skin is so nice. And she literally has cocaine under her eyes. (laughs) 
And she's like, um, she's talking about how she puts cocaine under her eyes to keep her looking young. And she was like, however, don't smoke while you got this face mask on because then you know you're basically smoking crack. And she's like, it has happened once or twice. And I was like, wow, we really live different lives. So I stay away from the white powder. Um, yeah, I have had friends who like, they were really heavy into it. And like, and I realized like for myself, I have to put a lot more boundaries down because I don't know, people will try to get you into their stuff. And like, they might be feeling generous because like to them, that's the norm. But like, you really have to know your limits and you have to stay away from like things that you feel for you are going to be a slippery slope. Like I, all of my friends know Divine doesn't smoke weed. Divine definitely doesn't do cocaine. Divine doesn't pop pills. She doesn't do any of that shit. Like she will, like she is at the base level of she is happy with a tequila sunrise and her hookah. And, like, it is just tequila. We're not trying nothing else, okay? And, like, she's just that girl. And and I'm really happy that my friends respect my boundaries and, like, they don't try to offer me stuff. However, though, I did have a friend who she would always, like, offer me, like, stuff. And, um, and like, I, I'd be like, no, dude, I don't, I don't smoke because like, it doesn't go with me. And then she'd be like, oh, well, it's not technically smoking. It's, um, she like would offer me like dab pens. Um, she, and like, to me, dabs are very scary because I don't understand why weed has you looking like you're fucking passed out. Like it literally look, you look like you're on crack. Actually, no, sorry, that's not crack. Like, you look like you're on math. <laughs> like, I don't understand why, like, weed is, like, you're. I feel like you should be able to function when you smoke a little weed. Dabs are not a little weed. That should have got you sprawled out on the couch. You can't even fucking move. You look dead. No, not acceptable to me. Um, And, like, she would always offer me, like, stuff like that. She'd always offer me edibles, and I would be like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Let me tell you what happened. So she would constantly offer me that and like it got to the point where I was just like I don't want to hang out around you because I one time I saw her high on dabs and I was like (laughs) that's fucking scary. So I didn't really want to hang out around her anymore and I went on a date with this boy that I did not know knew her and or knew her and her fiance we kind of realized through conversation that we were like those mutual friends he was telling me how like he used to be really close with their fiance but then he decided not to speak to her anymore or the fiance because she like every time they went over there she'd be so high she would be like sprawled out on the couch and like they couldn't do anything like they couldn't even watch tv like that's how fucking high she was and he was also telling me how like he was like yeah you know um her fiance wasn't ever into drugs he never had a coke problem which I didn't know he had a coke problem that's how innocent I am like you've got a full-blown coke addiction in front of me and I'm just like oh yeah he has to pee a lot no babes he's going in the bathroom to sniff stuff off his nostrils like this is not like a urinary tract infection he's got one every day of the week like no lovey like the boy's got a a coke problem you know so and I genuinely thought he had a urinary tract infection I was like wow you really need to go to a doctor because like do you have like an untreated STD because like you're peeing a lot divine my friend 
So he was like, he was like, her fiance was never that bad until he got with her. And she's the one that introduced him to dabs, introduced him to coke and a bunch of other experimental shit. And then that's when he decided that he told me too much. So he stopped telling me stuff. And I was like, okay. So obviously the next step in that conversation was probably like meth or heroin. So I'm going to keep that to ourselves. And all the time, whenever I bring her up to my mom, my mom is like, I knew like she had like a drug problem. Cause like, she's always telling me like she could see it in her skin, but but once again, divine, very uh, innocent, was thinking like she just needs to up her skincare. Like she just needs to do better skincare. And I was like, and I remember the first time my mom told me, like, I think your friend does like hard drugs. And I was like, no, definitely not. And I was like, mom, like, you know how white people age. Like, I'm not trying to be offensive. Like, but, like, I would never make my friend feel bad because, like, you know, it's, it's a, it's, we know that, like, it's giving milk on a veranda in July. That's why you have to take care of your skin. That's why once you turn 25, you got to get that. I almost said Ritalin. That's when you have to start getting your collagen and you have to really start getting your vitamin C in. It was not the lack of vit. Well, it was in excess of vitamin C in some ways. Um, but it definitely was not a lack of uh skincare that was causing her skin to look the way it was it was definitely the fact that she was using a lot of drugs um so yeah so that was like a whole thing and but now like the friends I have like they very much respect my boundaries and also like a lot of my friends they girl they is not touching that they is not touching the, the powder they is not touching the snow the blow the the sniff sniff they're not doing that so um Oh my God, I remember the most like shocking thing to me. And like, I had to literally fix my face. One time I was hanging out with this girl and you know this girl and not cause she's a part of my life. That's not why I'm just saying like, she's famous. Why did, okay, somebody offered her weed. They said weed, weed. They said, babes, would you like, would you like a blunt? And she goes, no, I don't smoke weed. And I'm thinking, wow, my people. And then she goes, I do uppers. And I was like, hmm. Mm. Okay. Bet, 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 bet. I was like, okay, all right. Gonna back away from this conversation. Um, so, but like, yeah, nobody offers me anything anymore. Um, cause they just respect the fact that I don't smoke weed. I don't do coke. I don't do pills. I don't do none of that. Um, but yeah. So, uh, moving on to then my relationship with alcohol. So I, I'm 26, almost said 27 because I keep forgetting how old I am. I'm 26 now and I honestly did not really drink a lot throughout my life um, because like being Haitian, being Caribbean, like it's, you're around liquor all the time and to you it's not really a big deal. Like it's, it's not like a lot of American kids, they turn 21 and like, or they go off to college or not around their parents, they start drinking a lot. Like, there was always liquor in my household. And, like, my cousin, like, and I would drink wine when I was, like, really young. Like, um, and she was much older. But, like, she would, like, show me wine pairings and stuff. So it wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, But then I felt like, in a way, like, my mom kind of made it a big deal. Because when I went off to college, like, it's never been a big deal. But I feel like when she realized that, like, I actually liked liquor and, like, actually was, like, I'm a foodie. I am also a whiny. So once she realized that I liked it, um, she like 
was not with the shits. She was not with the shits at all. Like literally I would buy a bottle of wine. She'd be like, you're an alcoholic. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I'm having one bottle of wine every two weeks. Like, what do you mean I'm an alcoholic? Like, I'm never gonna, like, I don't have liquor in my home. Like, I don't drink liquor in my house. Like, I will buy it for a, like, I don't keep it stocked up. Like, how I have bread in my fridge is not how I have, like, liquor in my fridge at all. Like, I can't just go reach for it and drink it. Because that, I feel like that's, for me, that's not something I would necessarily keep in my home. Because I feel like that's kind of how you form a habit. Because it's like, if I have a bad day and the first thing I think of is to reach for a bottle of wine or like a White Claw, which is disgusting, by the way, if that's like where my mind goes, I don't necessarily want it to actually be that available to me. I want myself to have to do a lot more work to get that quote unquote relief, you know, that I'm searching for that my brain automatically went there. That means I got to get dressed. I got to find my wallet, which is probably taking me a solid 30 minutes I have to go to the store I have to buy it I have to come home I have to put something on tv because I can't eat without watching something um when I'm alone anyways I have to find the wine opener which I don't even know where that bitch is and then I have to you know get down to business and like drink and whatever and then by that time like the whole process of doing that has already calmed me down, so I'm not necessarily drinking to be calm. It's not like somebody who gets mad and they open their fridge and, like, there's a bottle of liquor in there and they can just drink it. So, like, I don't keep stuff like that around my house. When I go out during the weekend, like, I think, like, okay, do I want to drink in the morning or, like, for brunch? Or do I want to drink later when I go to dinner? Or do I even want to drink at dinner because I know I'm going to go out after dinner? So, like, I think about that because I'm also very conscious that, like, I'm not 100% sure of how my antidepressants are affecting my liver, but I've been told that antidepressants do affect your liver, especially if you mix it with alcohol. So I'm being a little bit careful about how much alcohol I'm actually putting in my body and the fact that if I know that I can only really get tipsy, like my first two, three drinks, I'm probably not drinking more than that during the day uh and I basically have to decide when I want that moment to be and I'm probably going to want that moment to be at the club and during the nighttime so I can have confidence to not be an awkward fucking person and also you know to just kind of like enjoy the vibe so I don't need to drink with brunch or dinner or whatever yeah so my my mom would like be very like no, you're going to be an alcoholic. And I'm like, no, I'm literally not. That's, I don't even know why you're afraid of that. Well, actually, I do know why she's afraid of it. It's because my mom, you know how a lot of Asian people have a, there's a gene where a lot of Asian people have this gene where they can't necessarily drink liquor. And that sounds like a crazy racist grand assumption, but I swear to God, it's a true thing. It's an enzyme. And I'm convinced that my mother has this enzyme. When I tell you this lady cannot drink, if y'all, I made vodka pasta and I guess, I don't know, I guess maybe a little bit of the vodka was not, it didn't evaporate. She was drunk. And when I tell you, like, I couldn't even taste the vodka in the pasta, but she was off her tizzy. And I was like, there's no fucking way. But there was a way and she was it. So she like a sip of wine, sometimes even smelling alcohol will will get her like woozy, will get her dizzy. 
And so she just doesn't drink at all, at all, at all. And like when I tell you, like, like during Christmas time when we make the cremas, which is that sweet Haitian liquor thing, oh, she's drinking very little of it. She's drinking very little of it, and she's drinking with bread. Okay, so she can like be a stable person. Um, she doesn't get drunk. Like she just gets. It just knocks her out. Like it's like a fucking sedative. It's the wildest thing. Um, my sister, on the other hand, has a such a high tolerance such a high tolerance me on the other hand I my tolerance was lower before I started my antidepressants but now it's I don't think it's gotten higher I think my antidepressants have just had to kind of has changed how my body processes alcohol so that's been kind of its own thing uh that I'm learning recently and that I've literally just gotten the hang of but I'm not too mad about that um because also it's always made my my tab at the bar what tab girl it's so little it's so little I am a cheap date okay and also that means that I can afford to get the you know, if I want a shot of Don Who, of Don Who Who, I can do that because I'm not going to necessarily need seven shots to get drunk. I'm going to need one and a half, you know? So I I very, I feel very lucky. Feel a little bougie, feel a little bougie kabougie because of that. The other thing that Emma Chamberlain had talked about on her podcast was parties. And the girl, she spread this shit out into three episodes. I don't know how she did it, but we doing it all in one. Because, girl, I'm not that girl. I didn't go to a lot of parties when I was younger. I didn't. Like, also, we're not even gonna lie. Like, so personally, unless, like, I feel like ragers are just something that exists in movies. Because unless I was just never invited to a lot of ragers as a tween um, and a teen... I, there were not a lot of ragers that I went to. I think, like, ragers in the sense of, like, Project X or something like that or, like, like parties that you'd see in, like, super bad. I've been to a lot of crowded parties and, like, parties with a lot of high attendance, but nothing that, like, got the cops called on it or whatever. Like, the biggest party I've gone to this year was so well organized. Like, there was a sprinter taking you to, to and fro. So, like, yeah, you know, I feel like at this age we're kind of grown people, and parties kind of require more um, organization, more funds for sure. And it's just more of an experience. It's it's like, it's giving like, kind of love Great Gatsby, but I've never been to a kind of party like that. That's And like, this is my thing. You know, in The Great Gatsby, watching that movie, there's a great line in it that says, where Daisy's like, I love a party. And she basically says that big parties are so intimate. And like, it's true because like when you're at a small party, everybody's kind of paying attention to everybody. When you're at a big party, you can kind of get lost anywhere. And my thing is like, after once you're drunk and once you're high and you're dancing and whatever, I always feel like the thing that kind of makes a good party is the company. And for me, a good party has a handful of things. To me, a good party has good an open bar. Let's just get that out of the way. A good party has an open bar. A good party has a great DJ soundtrack, okay? And lastly, a great party has a boy that I have been looking at across the room since I arrived, okay? Since I arrived, and at some point during this party, he's made his acquaintance. We've kind of swapped looks. We kind of, it's kind of giving, I'm into you, you're into me, what's your name, my name is, and I'm like, okay, like, 
I kind of like want to kiss you. That's what like a good party is giving to me. And then a good party, a great party ends with a kiss in a little private corner. Maybe like, oh, I almost snapped my necklace. Maybe like, maybe like a little kiss in, um, maybe like a little kiss in like the library or like in a bedroom or like, um, or like, um, in a bathroom. I am like, I've, yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, cause I went to a party where, I mean, this is like a good party. This is like a good night either way. Y'all see how I start stuttering when I start bringing my personal life into shit. I be like, I did, I did, I, anyways. So I went to a party and I did not really expect this man to be there, but he was there. And, um, we was like kind of talking and then we was kind of dancing and like what though, you know, what's funny the way I test my, my waters with men sometimes, especially like men who like, I know deep down they hate me that I fully accept. Um, but you know, like I still be wanted D, um, like I will ask them to do something for me in the moment, like very small, like something extremely feminine. I'm dead serious. I will literally like, can you hold my purse? actually no I don't even ask I'm like hold my purse depending on how they react to the hold my purse I can kind of I can get a feel of where we can go with this okay so with him I was like hold my purse he was like okay took the purse and I was like hmm held the purse for a minute and then he was like I gotta go piss and I was like great um I too had to go piss that was a double blink and that was embarrassing. Um, I tried to go piss, so I went to the bathroom and then we were making out in the bathroom. It was lovely, uh, for the moment and then he was a man. Anyways, so that's like a good party to me. An even better party is um I'm trying to think what is it what is it even better scenario than that? But like yeah, I like a party where like there's 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 abundance so there's the free bar there's friends there's good music so like you can dance and like you can you know you can focus on yourself and like have a good time but then there's also like the aspect of like something that extends past the party so like you know somebody you can possibly go home with or you know something fun like that and like honestly you don't necessarily have to go home with somebody you know how many times I'd be like yeah 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 call the uber and then divine does a disappearing act many a times um but yeah like I love a good party and like even when because like I'm not gonna lie like that's not what it takes for me to enjoy a party okay um or not even it's just like I don't have those kind of needs all the time um but I've been saying um and but a lot and I don't actually like that or appreciate that about myself recently. <sighs> I can enjoy a party that is just me and my friends. As long as the music is good, as long as the bar is open and free, as long as none of my friends are like crying for no fucking reason um, or I'm not crying for any reason. Um, that's a time I can enjoy. That's really a time I can enjoy. And it's actually funny because, um, like a week or two ago, I was really triggered by something. And when I tell you, I started crying and I could not stop. And like, this was like during a night out and I was trying to stop crying so bad, but I just couldn't. And like, and I ruined, I'm not going to lie. Like I ruined the night. Like I ruined the night. 
And I was so apologetic to my friends. And then they reminded me that, like, everybody had had their public meltdown moment. And this was just mine. And I was just like, damn, that's so true. Owned it. Ate. And I looked cute while doing it. Fuck yes. Like, I love looking cute while I cry. It's a reminder to me, but to also everybody else that, like, are you really a bad bitch if you don't look good when you cry? Like, literally, I will be crying and I will stop the fucking doom, the doom thinking and, like, just, I'll, like, take a quick selfie. Because I, t- I have to make sure that, like, I do look as cute as I think I do when I cry. And I always do. Except, like, sometimes when I'm really, really crying and my eyes just go full red and, like, everything is just washing off. Like, it's not even sexy. Like, it's not... But yeah, I love a good party. I love a good time. I love a time when you can let loose and, like, have fun. And, like, I really... I'm really starting to appreciate parties because, like, I've told you guys before. There was a point in time where my anxiety was so bad. I literally went out with my friends and, like, I couldn't dance. Huh. I'm, like, I know how to dance. Like, I can You know, I can shake this little thing. And, like, even now, honestly, I'm still not, like, a million percent comfortable with myself in public, like, like, I'm watching my friends, like, really throw that ass, and I'm like, girl, throw some, throw some, and, like, that's me, like, pepping myself, I'm like, throw some, girl, throw some, like, throw a little ass, throw a little leg, throw a little something, and you know what I throw is a little hair, like, most of the time when I'm at the club, I shit you not, I'm doing the, like, the white girl deodorant dance, like, I'm like, yes, secret, like, that's what I'm doing, and, like, and that's what I feel comfortable doing, and I'm okay with that. And I'm, and honestly, for me, that's progress. Okay. The progress is that I'm leaving the house. The progress is that I'm having fun while I'm out is that, you know, I'm feeling more and more comfortable in my own skin. And I really can fucking appreciate that. This is not a conversation we would have been able to have, uh, 2020 pre-pandemic. This is not a convo we could have had because like, I was just too anxious. Like I'd go out and I'd try to have fun, but like, I was so in my head. I was so, so, so in my head and I just couldn't let loose and I just couldn't let go. And, um, and you know, like, and that really kept me back from a lot of things. I think I would have had a lot more fun. I would have been a lot more happier if I was just able to get out of my head sometimes. And now the fact that I don't even have to like, you know, tell myself like get out of your head get out of your head like when I go out like I'll feel anxious about going out but I still go out because I'm like I have a whole life to live like what are, what the fuck are you anxious about dying if you die you die leave the fucking house bitch like if you die you die you're not gonna know you're dead you're just gonna be dead everybody else is gonna have to be sad about it and you're not so if you die you die have some fucking fun and like and that's like a saying that like like I was agoraphobic y'all like agoraphobic light like there was a point in time like recently one of my friends she texted me and she was like I'm so proud of you for getting past your agoraphobic era because like at that time she was the friend who was like trying to get me out of the house and like and I had a hard time I would have like anxiety attacks every time I had to leave the house I'd have panic attacks every time I thought about leaving the house and like and it just was it took a lot of work like Every time, it took me hours to leave the house. I couldn't just get dressed and go. Like, it took me hours. I would get dressed. I'd sit around and, like, think about, and, like, I would just be anxious, extremely anxious about leaving the house. And, like, I'd be like, what if I get into a car accident? What if I die? Like, what if my mom dies and I'm not there? Like, what if she falls and I'm not there? Like, all these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs that clearly never happened. 
and like it would just keep me from leaving the house I just couldn't leave the house and like there'd be times where like I'd get dressed around noon and it's like three o'clock I'm like so trying to talk myself up to leave and then by the time that I'm like okay I think I could leave like girl it's like 11 go to bed like it was really that bad and like and I don't know what got me to that point but I was at that point and and it was just it was just such it was the weirdest thing like because I really wanted to like get out of my house I wanted to live a life I wanted to exist and have fun and try different things and try new things and fuck up and have a hard time and have a good time but I just couldn't allow myself the freedom to make mistakes and to make to make correct decisions like it was just something that I had a really really hard time with and now and like and the thing that really got me through it was I was just like fuck like I'm not really living a life at all. I'm stuck inside because I'm scared to leave. But, like, I'm miserable inside. If I stay inside, I'm going to kill myself. But I'm scared of going outside because somebody might kill me. Like, that's stupid. So I it got to the point where, like, every time I left the house, I'd literally, I'd open that door and I'd be like, if I die, I die. And I step out and then I just turn my brain off and I just do whatever I had to do. And, like, even now, like, I still have, like, moments of, like, being really anxious. Like, yesterday, not yesterday, the day before yesterday, I was I went out with my friend and, and like, I was late. I was, like, an hour late. And I was just like, man, I'm having a hard time leaving the house. I was like, I'm having a hard time leaving the house. Like, I, and it's funny because, like, while it's happening, I don't realize it's happening. And it's only when I realize that it's taking me 20 minutes to put on a shirt. It's taking me, like, 15 minutes to put on a fucking shoe. Then I'm like, oh, you're trying to, like, you're kind of anxious about something, but, and you're trying to, like, work through it. But very slowly, you're going to be late, bitch. If you die, you die. Get out the house. Get out the house. And, like, so that's what I've been doing. And, like, that phrase is kind of, like, yeah, it's kind of put a stick up my ass or like not a stick up my ass, but like a fire under my ass. And, um, and I'm like, if I die, I die and I just go and I just try to have fun and I live my best life. And there's definitely times, especially when I'm out, when I'm at a party that, oh yeah, my anxiety shoots through the fucking roof. Cause I see somebody and all of a sudden, like my mind starts spiraling and I'm like, oh, I bet you like this person kind of looks a little shady, looks a little shifty. Like, literally the other day, I was walking to, like, a festival with my friend. These two guys, like, stop at a table to adjust their pants. And you know Georgia's open carry. Girl, Glocks galore. Glocks galore. Like, they put all their Glocks on the fucking table. I'm like, yo, why do you need a Glock? Why do you need a gun? We're all go- we're going to the Caribbean fest. Like, don't you just want to, like, eat and, like, twerk? Like, what do you need a gun for? Like, this is really scary. And, like, and I realized like they were like headed the same direction we were and like I already told you all this my greatest fear is getting shot in the fucking spine <sighs> so we're like walking and I tell my friend I'm like yo heads up like the guys behind us like they have glocks because like I saw them stop and like rearrange themselves and they had to take their glocks out and put it back in and he was like yeah he was like yeah everybody got a glock he was like everybody's got a glock he was like um he's like I feel like they know something we don't Cause like everybody got a Glock, like and their grandma's got a Glock, and it's like, is there like a Glock community that we need to be a part of? Cause like what, what's the heads up? Cause I don't have a Glock, but everybody else does. So am I missing some information? Like what's going on? And I was just like, really brave of you to joke about this right now. Really brave. Um, I appreciate it. But yeah, so like I have those moments like where I get really anxious. Like I remember one time I went to a party and like this kid like but he was a dumbass he kept brandishing his gun and I was just like I don't I don't feel safe 
I'm I'm going and I left babes I I wanted to leave and I told my my two friends that I was there with I was like girlies I want to go and they were like oh that's just I think his name was like Brandon or something they're like oh that's just Brandon he's just he's just messing around I was like girl I ain't finna die up in this club like bye and did I cross the street and go to a waffle house and wait for my friend to come pick me up I showed it I showed it Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I love a good party. I love a good bit of liquor. I love a little hookah. Do not like marijuana. Do not like we're pack like a pack of sardines, mama. <laughs> that is the funniest TikTok I've seen in a while. Um, I love a good hookah. I love a good drink. I hate a bit of marijuana. No cocaine, cause I'm a black girl and the niggas do not do cocaine. Um, and no pills, no poppers, none of it. Um, I think the only pill I would ever pop is like that pink pussy pill. I do that, but that's not a drug. That's just like a a stimulant. Um, but yeah, so we're getting to the end because I can see my monitor now and it says we have 11% left on our battery. So it's about time to wind it up and let's you go. Um, so, um, what does my outro sound like again? Uh, okay, yes, it's the end of the podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share with a friend. Make sure you share it. Share it. Okay? With one or two or three people. Actually, you guys have been pretty good about sharing. Because, like, this week you guys have really been like, I love this podcast. Go listen to it. And I really appreciated that. Really appreciated it. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, but the best way to get the word out about this amazing podcast that I love and you love is by leaving ratings and review, by letting people know what you think, by letting people know that, hey, spend your time on this. Listen to this girl. She has good thoughts that are not crazy um, or mean or whatever. So leaving just a small rating can really help me a lot because um, I am trying to grow my platform. You know, I'm trying to make this a whole thing. But also, you know, following me on social media media helps a lot. On TikTok, my name is dphile, D-P-H-I-L-E. And on Instagram, my name is vinephilo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O. And that is also my Twitter name, vinephilo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O. If you made it to this, the end of this podcast, the word, the phrase of the week, what is the phrase of the week? The phrase of the week is I'm thinking really hard. The phrase of the week is, if I die, I die. If I die, I die. With a smiley face, because I think that's important. Um, If I die, I die, filled with hope and joy and a life well lived. That's not the full phrase, but I'm just saying that's what the smiley face stands for. If I die, I die. But it was a life well lived, enjoyed, loved, experienced. Um, But yeah, so... Follow me on my socials. I really enjoy spending this time with you guys. I had a nice day. I hope you had a nice day. And I hope to see you soon. Have a wonderful day, lovies. I love you so much. Goodbye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.